Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Twitter, as well as the Carving It Up YouTube channel and the Grids YouTube channel. As always, I'm Bryson Carver. Today's show is pre-recorded, so this I'm recording this at close to 8 a.m. Because, uh, yeah, listen, it's college. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot, lot, lot of stuff going on. So, as I always say, anytime I do a pre-recorded show, if there's anything major in the world of sports... That has happened between the time I'm recording and the time that you're watching this. I am aware at the time you're watching this, this, just not as you're watching me. But we do have a loaded show on tap. Uh, NBA playoffs started off with a bang. <laughs> I mean, all over the place. Uh, you know, first first couple games on Saturdays were kind of were, were, were kind of duds, but next two were good, and then all of Sunday, uh, minus the Nuggets and. Uh, Timberwolves game was 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 excellent excellent basketball. Going to talk about Clippers Suns. Big time win by the Clippers. I told you I had this thing going six. I saw some people picking a Suns sweep. I'm like, eh, let's 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 back up on this Clippers. Clippers may not be a title contender. They still got Kawhi Leonard and we know his playoff resume. They still got Ty Lue and they still got a deep deep bench. I'll talk about that. Also going to get into the Knicks win over the Cavs. Again, I still got Cavs in six. But man, that is a gritty, gritty Knicks team led by a gritty point guard named Jalen Brunson who combated Donovan Mitchell's 38 points. Also going to get into Giannis's injury and against almost any other first-round opponent, I'd say, ah, Bucks are fine. They can win without Giannis. And they maybe still can. And we don't know how major this back injury is for him. But uh, it's looking a little serious in Milwaukee. Uh, consider the fact that they are facing playoff Jimmy Butler and the Heat culture. And also, of course, getting to my Golden State Warriors. People are panicking far, far too fast after their loss to the Sacramento Kings by, you know, three points. People acting like it was 30. But I'd say the most anticipated game one, I think it's fair to say, was Lakers-Grizzlies. You've got a team that won the championship just two and a half years ago. That has has still, to me, tied with Steph Curry, the most high-profile player in the game, in LeBron James. You still have Anthony Davis, who on any given night can be one of the five best players on earth. You have a team that's played incredible basketball since the trade deadline. 
facing a team in Memphis that is the two seed for the second straight year in the Western Conference. That's become far more known for what it says, what it does off the court, than what it does on the court. And uh, I had Lakers in seven going into the series. I said, I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies' lack of size with Brandon Clark out for the season and with Steven Adams in all likelihood out for the playoffs was going to hurt against an Anthony Davis who, again, check his stats this year against the Grizzlies. He has dominated him. He's averaging like 29 and 20 coming into this playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies. And I am here to tell you right now, I don't like doing overreaction Monday, you know, like during the NFL season, right? You know, we do Monday shows, there's crazy, big primetime NFL games. We get big reactions one way or the other. I don't want to be that guy. I try not to be that guy. I try to be very level-headed, nuanced, see things from all perspectives. Uh, but I just want to go ahead and tell you in advance, this series is over. The Memphis Grizzlies season is done. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it. It's over. Game ones are always, what do we know about LeBron James in game one? It is, it's like a preseason game for him. It's a feel-out game. Okay, because LeBron's maybe the smartest basketball player ever. If he's not the smartest, he's up there. He says, I'm going to use this game, especially at being on the road. There's some pressure on us to win. <laughs> we just we just got done with a, a crazy battle against the Timberwolves in the playing game. We have all this time to rest. I'm going to use this game. I'm not going to overexert myself for a game one. As Clay Thompson said last year when the Warriors lost to the Celtics game once, first to four, not first to one. LeBron is sitting back and looking, saying, okay, let's see which matchups work, which lineups work. I mean, again, he's, he's, he's a coach on the floor. I, I've always made the argument that outside of maybe Eric Spolstra, LeBron is the smartest is smarter than any coach he's ever played for and that's not a knock on the coaches that's a that that's a praise of LeBron. He's looking at the matchups, seeing what works, what doesn't work and then he adjusts in game 2 moving forward. Matter of fact, historically LeBron almost always loses game 1 for that very reason. It's a lot of the reason that the New England Patriots for 20 years, remember we'd have all those those segments back in the day um, where the Patriots would would lose a week three game to like Detroit or something. We're like, oh my god, the sky is falling. It's like, no, they're just seeing what they seeing what it looks like, seeing what works, what doesn't. And then the Patriots would go on this long run starting in October. The old we're on the Cincinnati quote from Belichick, right? Similar situation here with LeBron. Feel out game, game one, see what's up. And yet the Lakers won by 16 points on the road. Not to mention the fact that uh, you had an Anthony Davis who collides with, I think it was Jaron Jackson Jr. towards the end of the first half. About a minute left in the first half, he says, like, he says that you could read his lips. He said, I can't feel my arm. And it's like, oh my goodness, here we go again. And of course, I put out my tweet, AD always down, which is what I call him, always down because he tends to get hurt when you really, really don't need him to do so. I got to give Anthony Davis a lot of credit. Because, listen, athletes, they, they, tell, they tell us all the time. They don't hear the narratives. They don't hear what's said. They hear every single word that's said about them. Especially you see teams, again, you give my you know, Warriors last year as an example. Uh, plenty of teams. They hear, they hear what you say about them individually and collectively as a team. Anthony Davis, of course. How, how could he not hear what's being said? The criticism thrown his way in terms of his availability and his consistency. Rightfully so, by the way. Completely justifiable. Anthony Davis is like, you know what? This is a, what was Memphis up at the half? Four points? 
This is a very winnable basketball game. If we can steal one on the road, we can take the momentum quickly. I'm going to play in the second half. And what did Anthony Davis give you? How about 22 points, 12 rebounds, and a playoff career high six blocks? Not to mention you also is the block party all around in, in Memphis, Tennessee. You also got three blocks from LeBron James. And by the way, uh, Anthony Davis, best plus minus on the floor, best uh, uh, plus 27. You got 29 off the bench from Rui Hachimura and only 14 shots. And of course, the man himself, Austin Reeves, scored 23, 14 of which in the fourth quarter. As for Memphis, Dylan Brooks was terrible because he's not a very good basketball player, as I've told you on numerous occasions. Five for 13, two for nine for three. That, that, that's not very good. That's, that's not great. Desmond Bain, who's probably their best shooter, at least in the starting lineup, Ooh, he was 3-for-10 from three-point range. And John Morant, who not only did he fail to score 20, he's hurt again when the Grizzlies really need him. I'll get into the John Morant injury in just a second. But all the talk from Memphis coming to game one, Dylan Brooks, we want the Lakers. I'm like, I'm not so sure you do. I think you'd rather play the team that you faced last year in the first round, Minnesota, which... Had you on the ropes numerous times and just made stupid basketball plays and credits to the Grizzlies that took advantage. Lakers are not going to make said mistakes. They've got a better coach than Minnesota. Their top two players are obviously much better with all due respect to Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. There's nobody taking those guys over LeBron and AD, of course. They're deeper. They're more battle-tested in the postseason. They're better defensively. They can shoot the three better. They could rather play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Just crazy me. I think I would have been a little bit down and discouraged if I were a Grizzlies fan and I saw the outcome of that playing game. That's just me. But if, if, listen, if I'm the Lakers today, I feel amazing. Game ones are feel-out games for LeBron James. And he and the rest of the Lakers just picked Memphis apart. This series, yes, after game one, it's over. I think I actually underestimated the Lakers by picking them in seven Feels like more like six, dare I say five. This sucker's a wrap. To the John Moran injury. First of all, I hate it for the kid. Uh, he is easily one of the most exciting players in the NBA to watch. But as I've said for probably a little over a year on this show, there's a price to how John Morant plays. I've said all the time, when people say, oh, he's, he's like this generation's Derrick Rose. And I say, and that's what worries me. Derrick Rose is maybe the most athletic point guard we've ever seen. One wrong fall. That was it. Athleticism gone. D. Rose was never the same player again. That's what I worry about with John Morant. Listen, folks that don't know this, the NBA floor has no give. None. That's why it's, you know, you see guys like sometimes sitting out back-to-backs. Listen, that, that floor is hard in your joints, man. And when you are flying high, again, John Morant's, what, 6'2", we're going to give him? If that, when John Morant is constantly coming down the floor hard at awkward angles, something bad is going to happen, and it did. Poor judgment from John Morant trying to dunk on a 6'10 guy, falls to the floor, and he said after the game that his status for game two was in doubt. Now, as I've also said, I think the data backs us up from the last two years, the Memphis Grizzlies, I think, are a better basketball team without Ja. 
It's sort of the Kyrie Irving syndrome. Now, Kyrie's different. Kyrie's impact is felt in the locker room in a in a negative manner. I don't think that's the case with John Morant, although I, I don't think he's necessarily a leader. But the way he plays both offensively and defensively, I don't think he makes guys better around him. Tyus Jones, sure, because then Jaron Jackson elevates his game. Uh, Dylan Brooks isn't as bad. You got guys like Xavier Tillman who step up. Desmond Bain who plays better. So... If you're the Grizzlies, you should still feel good about your chances to win game two. And if you're the Lakers, don't let your foot off the gas just because Jaw's gone. This is actually a greater challenge now that Jaw's gone. But this is what I've always been worried about for John Morant. Is his health. Is whether or not he can change his game to a certain degree to prevent these type of injuries from happening. And once again, when the Grizzlies need him most, he's down. So, listen, and I hate I hate it for the kid. People think I hate the Grizzlies, and they're right. I do. But I don't root for guys, obviously, to get injured, but especially guys, the, the, the talents of John Morant. You've, you've got to have better judgment in these situations. So, we'll see how Memphis rebounds. Again, I would not be shocked if they win game two because, again, I think the, stat, the, the stats, the data, offensively, defensively, heck, wins. Backs up what I've been saying for a while, that they're, they play better basketball. Uh, overall, minus John Morant. But, yeah, this this series is a wrap. Lakers took the feel-out game for LeBron. And what do we know also about the playoffs? What do we know? What does Shaquille O'Neal always call them? The others? Yeah, you always hear Shaq on TNT talk about the others. The others are the role players. Role players always, always, always. It's, it's a tale as old as time in the NBA always play better on the uh, at home than on the road. And the Lakers' two best role players, arguably, gave them 20-plus on the road. What are they going to give them at home? What are guys like Jared Vanderbilt and D'Angelo Russell going to give them at home once they get back to the Crypto.com arena for games three and four? And then you got for Memphis, their role players really didn't step up at all. You look at... Tyus Jones, 25 minutes, 9 points. Luke Kennard, who was their big trade acquisition at the deadline, 7 points. Aldama, who's become a, a big part of the rotation with the injury to Brandon Clark, 8 points. Memphis Grizzlies, in total, make sure you need some math right, got 24 points from their bench. Rui Hachimura did that by himself, plus 5. 29 from Rui Hachimura. So again, we know role players are better at home than on the road. And yet it was the Lakers role players who were better than the Grizzlies role players. To me, that is a big, 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 big red flag for Memphis. Like I said, this baby's a wrap. It's over. Again, I, I am not live. I wish I could answer comments. Like I said, this is pre-recorded early in the day. It's about a little, little bit after 8 Eastern at the time recording. But to anyone who does comment, hey, feel free. And uh, maybe I'll see it later on after after the show airs. But listen, this this these NBA playoffs, man they they tend to show you things almost immediately they didn't see coming in. Again, I'll, I'll talk about the Miami and Milwaukee game one after this next segment. But man, <laughs> I said Milwaukee in five. I thought it'd be a tough five games. But I said Miami was a title contender. 
after the All-Star break. And with no Giannis, now I get Miami lost Tyler Hero. That's, I wouldn't be, I would not feel great. Not saying you should, you know, be had your have your heads hanging down. Oh, it's over. If you're the Bucks, but I wouldn't feel great. Guys like Middleton, Holiday obviously will have to step up, but then you'll need Brooke Lopez. You'll need Bobby Portis to give you a good spark off the bench. Uh, game two in that series is on Wednesday at six Eastern on NBA TV. So there you go. And we got two playoff games tonight. Nets, Sixers, game two. Philly's a big favorite, minus 10. And then Warriors, Kings. We'll get into Warriors, Kings in just a second. Uh, Warriors are road favorites, minus one and a half. Let's talk about the Golden State Warriors. And all I have been seeing over the past 24, I'm sorry, 48 hours or so, all I've been seeing for the last 48 hours, sky's falling. It's Warriors better be worried. Okay, if you would have told me as a Warriors fan, coming into this game. They're going to go into Sacramento in game one. They're going to give up 126 points. 32 of those are going to come from Malik Monk off the bench to couple De'Aaron Fox's 38. Now, I expect De'Aaron Fox to be great. I think he's going to have a big series. Malik Monk, don't necessarily expect him to get 32 every night off the bench. In a game in which Andrew Wiggins plays his first basketball game in two months. And in a game which Steph Curry is the only warrior to hit a shot in the last four and a half minutes. In a road environment, that is crazy. From what I saw on television, I think you guys would agree. It felt like the roof was about to come off that place. It was so loud. Which, listen, that's to be expected. Golden One Center has been loud all year long. The Kings have been in the playoffs in 17 years. Of course it was going to be loud. And all of those factors coming in against the Warriors. And if Andrew Wiggins makes a corner three, Golden State wins the game. If Steph Curry hits a three at the end, it goes to overtime. If anything, I feel better about my Warriors now. I said coming into this series, I said Golden State in a gentleman's sweep. And I still feel that way. I said they'd split the first two, maul them at home, and then close them out in a tight game in game five. Here's the, here's the reality of the situation. First of all, Malik Monk is not giving you 32 off the bench tonight. He's not. Like I, I, hate, to, I hate to tell you that. Kings fans, Malik Monk, ain't scored 30. De'Aaron Fox may give you a 38 because he's a great player. Monk is not giving you 30-plus off the bench. Matter of fact, I expect him to come back down to earth a little bit and potentially have an inefficient night. For Golden State, Andrew Wiggins, again, plays his first game in two months. And in his first game back off the bench, First of all, plays 28 minutes, which takes incredible conditioning after being gone that long. He gives you 17 points. And looks like Andrew Wiggins, aside from a, a bad three-point shot, he's only one for eight from three, that'll come with time. But he's out here crossing guys up, shooting the mid-range, getting buckets down low. He's being aggressive. I know Draymond Green talked about it in his podcast. He was saying just the fact that Andrew Wiggins was, he wasn't hesitant at all. He was... He was again head down going at the defense. That's a great sign to see. And and Wiggs talked about after the game, you know, talking about his 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 three point shot not not you know being all that great all night. He said that's going to come with time. It's it's only uphill from here, or only downhill from here rather. It's it's it, it's it's all it's all good. Clay Thompson was fine, right? He gave you what did he give you twenty? I think it was twenty one points for Clay. Yeah, twenty one points for Clay. Five for fourteen from three. We know Clay is, is is capable of doing better than that in terms of his three point percentage. And Steph Curry gave you his usual thirty. 
Golden One Center will not be as loud tonight. I can almost guarantee it. Just because of the fact that the anticipation, the hype, build up, build up, build up, going into game one was, again, <laughs> the Warriors knew. And the Warriors are used to playing in loud environments. Heck, they, they, they play their home games in one. They knew that that place was going to be nutso. Rough coming off the place, light the beam, everything, all of it. And Golden State, all of the above. They had a 10-point lead in the third quarter. You could say, well, shouldn't you be a little concerned? They blew a 10-point third quarter lead. But I would argue the Kings didn't make their run until Steph Curry was off the court. Now, I'm not going to be like some of these other Warriors fans. I've seen a lot of Warriors Twitter that I vehemently disagree with talk about Curry needs to play Steph more minutes. Not, not really. Not really. Should be better on the offensive glass. Key in on Fox. If, 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 if Monk beats you again, you shake his hand after the series and say, heck of a series, Malik. Okay, because Monk is not giving you 32 again. Clay's going to be better tonight. Steph's going to be Steph. We know what we're getting for the best player in the world. Draymond Green did a, an unbelievable job on Damanis Sabonis, who's the King's second best player. What does Sabonis shoot for the field? Five for 17? Now you could say Sabonis isn't going to play that bad again. Probably. Maybe. But again, as I gave the stat coming into this series, without Draymond Green, the Golden State Warriors are the middle of the pack defense. With him, they're a top five defense in the NBA as backed up by defensive efficiency. The job that he did one-on-one against Sabonis plays right into Draymond's hands. While he's skilled, he's not terribly athletic. He's not a threat to kill you from three-point range. And Draymond's a guy still very, very, you know, big and strong, can kind of bully him a little bit. So I, I expect Draymond, I don't expect Sabonis to necessarily go five for 17, but I expect him to have a quiet series. Fox will get his. Doesn't matter who the Warriors put on him, whether it's Clay, Gary Payton, you know, DiVincenzo, doesn't matter. He's going to get his because he's the best player. And he's, again, to me, the clutch player of the year in the NBA. There's no question about it. But do you notice some of the Warriors' faces in those that post-game press, those post-game press conferences? You know, Steve Kerr was kind of smiling a little bit. Steph Curry was kind of, I, I saw a clip, he was kind of joking around with the media a little bit. Andrew Wiggins was smiling in the postgame. They know. It's, it's, it's almost identical to LeBron James. This is why I said the Grizzlies losing game one was just brutal. Because game ones are feel-out games for LeBron. Same thing in Golden State. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to see the matchups that worked. Again, they did not even play well and lost by three. Didn't even play well. Weren't good defensively. Okay. Again, Steph was the only Warrior to hit a shot in the last four and a half minutes. And the game comes down to two three-point shots by Wiggins and Steph. I'm taking that any day of the week. If that's the Warriors' bad game, oh, I, feel, I feel as good as ever about Warriors in five. I expect about a nine, ten-point Warriors win tonight. I expect this series to be quick. Golden State will dispatch of them in dramatic fashion in games three and four, and I expect they win a close down-to-the-wire game in game five. This was the Kings game. They had 
absolutely had to win game one to win the series. Again, similar to Memphis. Kings had to win game one. To their credit, to the credit of Mike Brown. By the way, some other guys came off the bench and played well. Trey Lyles in a big third quarter. Um, who else? I thought Alex Lynn had a good impact. He's blocking some shots. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Harrison Barnes was okay, particularly on the defensive end. Uh, someone else played uh, well off the bench. I'm trying, I don't know, uh, not Keegan Murray. I don't know. Some, I don't know why. Some feel like somebody off the bench uh, for Sacramento played well beyond Muck and Trey Lyles. But we know role players are better at home. Golden State will sniff that out. Again, Fox will get his. There's not much you can do to stop him. He's probably the fastest guard in the league. Uh, he can get a shot as well as any guard in the NBA. I don't think Golden State should be concerned in the slightest. Dubs and five. We went out. You call, uh, call it right here. Dubs will win out. No question about it. Again, something else, too, that you notice, game one being a feel-out game, Steph Curry had, I think it was 17 coming into the fourth quarter. He had 13 in the fourth quarter alone. So Steph started seeing stuff that worked for him individually. In terms of getting to the rim, you know, he he hit some some tough step-back threes. That one three in the corner where Clay made that incredible pass Opposite side of the, 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 you know, opposite corner to Steph where he hit that three falling out of bounds. Just ridiculous. Why is, you know, goes without saying he's the greatest shooter ever, but shots like that that are just demoralizing. And you got to give credit to the Kings. They didn't let him get him down. They were mentally strong. They didn't let Golden State's uh, attempted runs face them at all. They rode the momentum of the crowd. And uh, Sacramento's up 1 0. Again, Golden State lost game one to OKC in 2016, won the series. Golden State lost game one of 2022 last year against the Boston Celtics, one four out of the next five. I don't think, don't think I'm going on a limb and saying this. I don't think the Sacramento Kings are as good as the KD Westbrook Thunder or as last year's Celtics. Just going on a limb and saying that. Now you could say, well, these years, this year's Warriors aren't as good as the 73-9 Warriors. Okay, that's fair. But I think there's just as good, if not better than last year's team, certainly in terms of depth. I actually kind of felt good coming after the, out of that game, believe it or not. Dubs and five. You heard it here first. By the way, it's something else, too. And again, I, I don't want to paint a broad brush to the Kings fan base because uh, I've actually been, I, I think they've been tremendous this year. Again, loudest home court in the NBA. Uh, one of the toughest places to play in the league. Uh, outside of, again, outside of maybe Denver and Golden State, again, I, I, I didn't check the Kings' home record coming in. It has to be one of the best in basketball. Uh, uh, actually, it's not as good as you would think, actually. It might surprise you. They're actually better on the road than at home. But 23-18 and 18, uh, at home, not, not near as good as the likes of Denver, Memphis, and Golden State. But still, you know, winning record at home, that's a tough place to play. Uh, so I don't want to paint a broad brush the Kings' fan base. I think they have a really good fan base. It's endure what they've endured for 17 years. Hey, credit to them. A lot of a lot of my fellow Warriors fans uh, have dealt with something similar. So before this run, so I understand that. But I am going to single out a few fans for getting E40 kicked out of that game. Now, if you guys don't know, E40 is a Bay Area rapper. Has been coming to Warriors games. I I, I cannot remember. I've been a Warriors fan since the 2013-14 season. I cannot remember seeing a game, whether it be at Oracle or at the Chase. Heck, even road games where he's not there. I mean, he, he travels with the team. He's always there. He's incredibly supportive, uh, represents the Bay Area well. And he got kicked out of the game on Saturday. Now, he's alleging racial bias. 
Again, there were Kings fans that he said that were reportedly, according to, to 40, were verbally abusing him. And he, according to himself, he respected respect, respectfully came back at him, basically shut up, and security escorted him out of the building. There was no physical altercation. There was no, like, uh, and I was on Shannon's side here, but there was no Shannon Sharp, L.A. Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies type situation. It was none of that. Uh, and yet they... They escort my man out of the building. Uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, I'm going to have to get on, again, unless there's something I don't know, and I'm I'm always leaving that out there. Unless there's something I don't know. That's ridiculous. <laughs> E-40, never, tr- take it from a Warriors fan, never causes any, I mean, he guy barely stands up unless it's the last two minutes, so he's not, he's not out here giving Kings fans trouble. He's not out here verbally assaulting people. That's not, that's not 40. I mean, Spike Lee has become known for trash talk of the sideline. Back in the day, Jack Nicholson at, at the old forum was known for trash talking uh, other players. Again, uh, uh, Shannon Sharp in the Grizzlies situation. Drake in Toronto. E-40 doesn't do it. And I, I don't have an issue with any of them, by the way. But E-40 doesn't go to the links that they go to. And the man got kicked out of the arena. Are you kidding me? That's that, that's ridiculous. Again, that. Um, unless there's something I don't know, and I, I doubt that's the case, but unless there's something I don't know, come on. Like, that's, that is ridiculous. To kick E-40 out of the arena? That's, that's low, Sacramento. But again, I'm not going to paint, not going to paint the Kings fan base with the broad brush. I have no issue with them whatsoever. Maybe I should because they're a, technically they're a division rival. We know divisions don't matter in the NBA. They, they really don't. Golden State has had a rival since uh, the Cavs with LeBron, as I've said on numerous occasions. But a team that I still think Golden State has the potential to play in the NBA Finals should they get there is the Milwaukee Bucks, and they could be in some trouble. So they lost the Miami Heat 130-117 last night. Again, Jimmy Buckets doing what Jimmy Buckets always does in the postseason. Gave you 35-11. and I mean, again, people always underestimate Jimmy Butler going to playoffs. This is what he does. He's a good mid-range shooter, gets the rim. Uh, and again, it was an efficient uh, 36, got it on, on 27 shots, only took one three. Like that's the three-point shot has never really been a part of Jimmy's game. He's good for the mid-range. He can get down low. Uh, he can score. But kind of similar. His game is similar in some ways to a DeMar DeRozan, for example. Uh, although I certainly trust Jimmy more in the postseason than I do DeMar. But again, Miami won the game 130-117, and the Bucs, for the time being, are without Giannis Antetokounmpo, who hurt his back in the first half. They called it a back contusion. And uh, again, this, this headline from ESPN, Bucks Giannis Antetokounmpo, lower back, exits early, gets the heat, and they, according to Mike Budenholzer after the game, he said, we will monitor him and see how he wakes up today. Now, by the time that this show is airing, which is about 10 hours from, uh, from now, I anticipate that there's going to be more news on Giannis. We're going to more on Giannis, more on his current condition, what the situation is with his back. But against a Miami Heat team like this, that's been in a lot of big playoff series over the last three years or so since they acquired Jimmy Butler in 2019. That's not the team I want to be a dog in a dogfight against without my best player. Now, the good news for the Milwaukee Bucks is. They had a winning record without Giannis. To me, that actually is what separated Giannis and Embiid for me in the MVP discussion. I think Giannis is second for MVP, but without Embiid, the Sixers were. Ugh. Without Giannis, the Bucs were actually a pretty good team. I think they're incredibly deep. I don't trust Budenholzer that much, 
But Drew Holiday was an all-star. Middleton's a former all-star. Lopez is going to finish uh, in the top three, which I think he already did, for Defensive Player of the Year. Bobby Portis is grabbed the bench. You got shooters, Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, Grayson Allen. They're as deep as any team in the NBA. So I'm, in terms of depth, I'm not worried about the Bucs at all. And for Miami, it's not all smooth sailing because they lost Tyler Hero in the first half. Go, dies for a loose ball and unfortunately breaks his right hand. And again, that's that injury is no joke. I, I don't anticipate he'll be back for this series at all. If the Heat advance, maybe he comes back second round again. I don't know the what type of broke what type of injury in the hand it was. All we know is it's a broken hand, and they they ruled him out fairly quickly. Uh, so it must must have been bad if they were able to detect uh, that fast. But for Milwaukee, got game two at home, you take game two. But you go to Miami, series knotted 1-1, assuming you win game two. That's not an easy place to play either. Again, we've seen the Miami Heat. When they've, when they've got their foot on your neck, they don't let up. You think about 2020, remember they played the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round. Right, they they went up one on. We're like, okay, he or Bucks will respond. Then they won game two. I remember that was a close game where Jimmy Butler made some free throws at the end. Then they won game three. I think fairly convincingly, and it's like, oh crap, Miami's for real. And then they closed them out in game five. Went up early on Boston. Took Bam. I remember Bam had that block on Jason Tatum at the rim back in the bubble. Closed them out in six. Remember last year, took an early lead against Atlanta. Didn't didn't let up. Took an early lead against Philly. Didn't let up. Like last year against Boston, they took a 1-0 lead at home, but the Celtics, we all knew, were clearly the better team. A deeper, uh, you know, just needed to take a game in Miami, which they ended up needing to take two, which was, I think, game two and game five and seven. Actually, actually, they took three home ga- uh, road games. Historically speaking, when the Heat, especially with Jimmy Butler in the last few years, when they've got you, they got you. And when Jimmy smells blood in the water, trust me, he's he's coming. He's, he's going to make sure he's going to close the deal. He's going to understand what he's happened for him in terms of his, his efficiency, getting teammates involved, uh, leadership. That, that's what that's what Jimmy Butler provides that the Sixers really could have used when they when they lost him. Same thing with the Timberwolves. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And not to mention, you get 15 off the bench from, uh, from Caleb Martin. You get 18 off the bench on nine shots from Kevin Love. That's why they got Kevin Love. That's why when they, they got Kevin Love, I was a little bit discouraged because I kind of wanted him uh, with the Warriors. But Kevin Love is a shot maker. Still is serviceable on the defensive end. He's not going to be a guy that just locks up your best player. So the bit is serviceable. Um, and he got Eric Spolster as a head coach. Like This is a, as dangerous an eight seed as you'll ever see in the playoffs. And again, at the time this, this show is, is airing live, after 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time, we may have some more encouraging news on Giannis. I don't know. That may be the case. He very well may suit up for uh, Wednesday night's game two. Again, plenty of time to heal and recover. I think the Bucks can win game two without Giannis. Do I think they can win the series without him at all? 
I have my doubts. Can they win the series with 80% of Giannis? Sure they can. Again, will you take 80% of the second best player in the world or none of it? Obviously, you'll take the 80%. It's just a matter of a pain tolerance for Giannis. We know he's one of the toughest players mentally and physically in the NBA. But that is that is not a... He, Bucks are in a dogfight. Heat culture is a real thing. Playoff Jimmy's a real thing. And Eric Spolster coaching the playoffs is a real thing. I think if... I could be wrong on this. If Greg Popovich retires, I'm pretty sure Eric Spolster will be the longest tenured head coach in the league. Could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure because he was hired in, in 2010 when the Heatles came together. This is his 13th year with the Heat. He could be the longest tenured head coach if if, if Pop decides to, to step down in San Antonio. But listen, he's been there and done that. Jimmy's been here and done that. He had been there and done that. Now, so have the Bucks. You can't discount them. I'll tell you, Boston better be thanking their lucky stars Atlanta won that playing game. Boston better be thanking the basketball gods, everybody. The fact that Atlanta took that game and Miami played as poorly as they did, man, Boston barely like, thank you. Thank you, basketball gods. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever. You saw Boston, <laughs> they dispatched Atlanta pretty quickly. They were up 30 at the half and won pretty comfortably. And Trey Young had a bad, bad shooting night. And again, I, I had Boston in a sweep. I don't think Atlanta's getting a single game in this series. But, whoo. Celtics caught a break. There's no question about it. And sometimes you need that. You know, every champion, every champion, this is why I don't believe in asterisks uh, next next to championships. The only asterisk I believe in in terms of championships is like something, a situation like the 2017 Astros, where there is clear, blatant cheating that absolutely impacted the outcome of a series or playoffs. Outside of that, I don't I don't believe in that asterisk nonsense. Uh Every championship team gets breaks. Every championship team needs to get a little lucky. It's just part of it. Even I even use the example of the 2017 Warriors, which I believe to be far and away the greatest basketball team that's ever been assembled. They got some luck their way as well. Remember they played the San Antonio Spurs? Kawhi Leonard went down early in that game one when the Spurs were up 20-plus. I think Golden State would have won the series, but I think that thing would have went five or six. Every team needs breaks. And, hey, Boston may have got one. Not just with the Giannis injury, but the fact they're playing the Hawks, not the Heat. Okay? The Hawks, who are awful defensively. The Hawks, who, outside of one run in 2021, have virtually no playoff experience. Uh, who just hired their new coach two, a month ago, two months ago. Yeah. The Celtics, again, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you need luck to win a championship. There's no shame in saying that. That's that's how it is. Uh, Celtics, by the way, do play the the Hawks in Game Two tomorrow night at seven Eastern uh, on NBA TV. By the way, I accidentally said that the uh, the Heat Bucks game was at six uh, Eastern. It's actually at nine Eastern, six Pacific on NBA TV. By the way, something else I forgot to mention on my Warriors segment. Again, everybody everybody's panicking about the Warriors. Oh, I mean, even, even I'm seeing. There's not that many allies in the Warriors me- in, in the national media for the Warriors. There's, I mean, there's there's just not one of them has usually been has particularly been Stephen A. Smith. I even saw Stephen A. talk about I'm worried about the Warriors. It's like Stephen A. You you know basketball well enough to to see how this movie plays out. You, you don't don't panic after one little loss uh, by three points when you didn't even play well. Again, there 
till about six, five, six minutes left the game, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I love Golden State's chances. And it came down to a wide open three by Andrew Wiggins. You'll take that any day of the week. Came down to a, a, a I wouldn't say wide open, but certainly a really good look for Steph Curry, who, by the way, shot that three like with a, a one-legged uh, like floater three. I, I don't think Steph needed to. He caught the ball. He had a chance to get his feet set and and shoot his typical shot. Maybe he makes it. Maybe he doesn't. But you know, just a thought. But everybody's panicking about Golden State. Sacramento was favored minus one and a half in Game One. So that tells you the better still liked Golden State. Is they still like the Warriors? Because again, home team automatically gets three points. Sacktown only got a point and a half. Vegas is so concerned about the Golden State Warriors, they've got them favored in Game Two on the road, minus one and a half. At, at the time of this recording, maybe the line has changed between now and then. Probably has, but Vegas is so panicked that they've got the Warriors favored to win on the road. Now, how many? I'm, I'm looking at the lines here for these Game Twos. Don't see a ton of road favorites. So, just throwing that out there. Let's move on to the Clippers and the Suns. Again, I saw a lot of folks, a lot of folks, picking a Suns sweep. I'm like, I like Phoenix. I think Phoenix is going to get to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, this, this is not an easy first-round matchup. I mean, are you looking forward to playing Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs? Are you looking forward to it? Only concern I have if I'm the Clippers about Kawhi is his health. That was I did my playoff weaknesses on Thursday. The week, the biggest weakness of every team going to the playoffs. And one was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's health. Well, Paul George, I got announced yesterday, isn't going to play in the series due to his injury. And Kawhi, you just cross your fingers, he stays healthy. But the Clippers won in Phoenix, 115-110. It was the Suns' very first loss with Kevin Durant in the lineup, and KD gave you 45 minutes. I would have liked him to take more than 15 shots. Um, he still gave you his, his efficient 27. But a couple things here. So first of all, for the Clippers, what I thought was really, really, really impressive about this win is, and, and the probably the, the second biggest reason I thought the Clippers could make this thing an interesting series. One was Kawhi's playoff history, and two was the fact that the Clippers are a significantly deeper bench. I've been on the record saying I don't think uh, Phoenix's lack of depth is going to hurt them all that much in the playoffs. Why? Depth isn't as much of a factor in the postseason as it is regular season, unless you deal with injuries. And look, Phoenix, KD's dealt with injuries, book, CP3. But all that aside, Phoenix, I'm sorry, the Clippers feel like the one team that could expose that because they might be one of the three deepest teams in the playoffs. Look, so Milwaukee. I mean, they're incredibly, they'll go like 10 deep in the bench. And they didn't even play all of their key guys. Uh, Robert Covington didn't play. Marcus Morris didn't play. Uh, Norman Powell gave you 23 minutes off the bench. Gave you double figures. Terrence Mann gave you double figures off the bench and six shots. Uh, again, Kawhi gave you his his typical 38. That's that's who Kawhi Leonard is. He's a, he's a great playoff performer. The second thing I'm seeing is, and it's it is it just won't stop. <sighs> Got to give Russell Westbrook his credit, right? Oh boy, because he made to and to Westbrook's credit, I I will give him all the credit in the world for this because I'd have been ripping him on the show if he didn't. He got fouled at the end, hit two free throws to put the Clippers up three. Credit to him, I give him all the credit in the world. And then at the end, he makes a play on Devin Booker. Blocks a shot out of bounds, knocks it off of, I forgot which, it might have, I don't think it was Kevin Durant, it might have been DeAndre Ayton. Knocks it off a Phoenix player out of bounds to the Clippers, and the game is essentially over. So give him credit for the free throws. 
I don't think the second one was, and it was a great play by Westbrook, but that whole time, I'm like, Book, shoot the three. D Again, now D-Book, D-Book last night, uh, you know, straight, he was, he's 0 for 3 from, from downtown. But he, that's a shot, like, you know, we, we see Book take that where he kind of takes a dribble, takes a left dribble, and then rises up and fires a three. That's a good look for him. He's one of the better three-point shooters in the NBA. Take that over a smaller player, Russell Westbrook, who's probably not going to block his shot. Dare I say, knowing Russ and how aggressive he is, he might foul Devin Booker. So I don't know what Book was doing taking it in the teeth of the defense. You say, yeah, but he, he was trying to get the quick two, 10 seconds left or so. Yeah, but Phoenix didn't have a timeout. I've always believed if you don't have a timeout in those situations, just go and go for the three. If there's that little time left in the game. So it was a questionable play by Book. Great play by Russ. Credit in the world. But can we slow down a little bit on the guy who went three for 19, please, and scored nine points? Nine points and 19 shots. Can we, can we slow down just a little bit? This, this is why, I mean, this is when, it's when the bar's really gotten lowered. Again, I've always said about Russ, he's the first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not a winning player. Always said that. Uh, I think his playoff record without KD will tell you as such, which is why it's all the more fascinating that they're facing each other in this series. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it's it's so confusing to me. If Westbrook does anything good, us Westbrook critics, we're all idiots. We don't know what we're talking about. We don't know basketball. We're just hating on him because you know we, we, we're we're pro KD. We I I I I I've lost count of all the excuses that the that the Westbrook crowd has made over the years. Westbrook made a great play at the end on Book. Before that, hit two huge free throws. All the credit to him. I'm not taking anything away from that. Because he made the clutch plays that needed to down the stretch. But any other star play, and Westbrook's not a star anymore, but he certainly was. Any other star player in the first round of the playoffs. If they go three for 19, we are crushing them today. Crushing them. Just in this game, if Kawhi, KD, if... What's his name? Devin Booker. Heck, if Chris Paul, if Chris Paul goes three for 19, we are all over him. Westbrook goes three for 19 and because he had a nice 10-second stretch, we hail him as a hero. No, Kawhi Leonard won this game for the Clippers. Kawhi gave you 38. Because Kawhi always gives you, seems to give you 38 in these big playoff games. Credits to the Clippers. I think this series is going six. Absolutely. I, I, this notion that Phoenix was just going to cruise by the Clippers the Clippers are a well-coached team with Ty Lu. They've absolutely got the second-best player in the series with Kawhi Leonard. They've got the deeper bench. Now they've got home court advantage. This is this is not going to be an easy series for the Phoenix Suns. I do still have them winning, but this there was two overreactions. One coming into the series and one coming out of game one. That's why I say, don't want to do the overreaction Monday thing, whether it's after an NFL Sunday or after the opening weekend of the NBA playoffs. I don't want to do that. But if you are... The Suns, if you if you were underestimating the Clippers coming in, big, big mistake. You don't want to do that. It's a deep team. 
their best players, a two-time finals MVP and Kawhi Leonard, and who is a all-time great playoff performer. They've got a championship winning head coach. Who's to me, one of the five best coaches in basketball. And they've got an incredibly deep bench like that. This was going to be a tough series. And the second of reaction coming out of the game, folks, let's, let's back up on the Westbrook stuff. Okay. He was, he made three shots last night on 19 attempts. Can we, we'd be killing other stars in the NBA if they did that. Westbrook, because he makes one play, we just forget about it. We should give him credit for that last stretch. We should. We absolutely should. It's a playoff game. Clippers needed to steal one on the road, and they did, and Westbrook contributed at the end. But how many minutes did he play last night against Phoenix? Russell Westbrook played 36 minutes. For the first 35 and three-quarters minutes, he was awful. He's bad. He shot bad from the field. He was, again, he's, uh, 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 yeah, one for six from three. Come on. That was a near triple-double, like almost like a Jason Kidd triple-double. It was, was he have nine, nine, 11, and eight for Russell Westbrook. Except Jason Kidd was, was a far more efficient player uh, than Russ ever thought about being. I think Phoenix responds in game two, and I think we have a little bit of a tug-of-war after that. I think the Suns win this series in six. We've got to slow down on some of the over-the-top Westbrook praise that I've been seeing uh, ever since that game concluded. But it's still a very fascinating series in the West. Absolutely. And the only sweep I had pre- uh, coming in, yeah, only sweep I had was Boston over Atlanta. I had Boston sweep in Atlanta. I, Atlanta's a horrible. I'm sorry, Boston's an awful, awful matchup for the Hawks. Awful. So I was shocked the Hawks won against the Heat because the Heat are somewhat, in terms of length, somewhat of a poor man's version of the Celtics and pretty much dispatched them. I wouldn't say easily that Miami made it a game in the fourth quarter, but outplayed them for the whole 48. And so, but no, I think Boston takes care of the Hawks in short order. When, when When's game four of the series? Game four is on Sunday. Okay, series is over in six days. It's <laughs> Atlanta's not competing. Now, I, I some people are saying Philly sleeping Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn will get a game at home. I think we've seen Philly go up 3-0 on series and then just drop that game four. I, I think that'll happen. Philly will go up 3-0. Brooklyn, just for pride, they're a well-coached team. Jacques Vaughn should have gotten the job over Steve Nash years ago, is the rightful head coach now. Listen, they got shot makers, Spencer Dinwiddie. They've got Cam Thomas. They've got, uh, obviously, Dorian Finney-Smith, their best defender. I'm forgetting somebody else's name. Uh, Cam, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Mikael Bridges, my bad. Mikael Bridges, I, I knew I was missing somebody. But... Yeah, Philly's obviously the better team. I don't think Philadelphia will sweep them in part because I think Philly will lose their focus to a certain degree in game four, but I think they will. The good old-fashioned gentleman sweep, I think, I think is coming the uh, the Nets way. I think it is coming, I said in Milwaukee in five over Miami. I definitely don't feel that way now with the injury to Giannis and with how Miami played in game one. And I think the gentleman sweep is coming Sacramento's way. I think Golden State's going to win win out again they played their worst game of the series and lost by three on the road. I will take that any day of the week. And I think the gentleman sweep is coming the Timberwolves way. Yeah, I, I watched bits and pieces of that game last night, and that was... <laughs> t- yeah, Timberwolves got no chance that series. They got no chance that series. I know a lot of people. I know my man Grady. I don't know if he's in the comments. Shout out to Grady. But I know Grady. I know I, I saw a lot of people taking this, the, the Nuggets to win the West. I don't discount that. I think this is... Far and away the biggest postseason of Jokic's career. Two-time MVP coming into last night. He lost eight of his last nine playoff games. Like, he's he's got a I, – I didn't think he deserved either of his MVPs, but he can validate him if he makes a big run in this playoffs. Absolutely. And plays well, by the way. 
So I, I don't think I don't even think he'll have to play that well against the Timberwolves. The real challenge will come in the second round against either the Suns or against the Clippers. But our first good playoff game, because Philly blew out Brooklyn, Boston abused Atlanta. Our first good game was the third game on Saturday between the Knicks and the Cavs. Now, I, I had the Cavs coming into the series winning in six, and it was starting to look like Knicks were out playing the whole game. Cleveland made this crazy run. The Knicks were just psychologically just completely going to the tank. And then Josh Hart, after twisting his ankle at that, hits a big, big three. Jalen Brunson hits big shots down the stretch. Uh, give credit to the one kid. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, uh, Grimes, I think is his name. Hit two big free throws at the end to close it out. And the Cavs were, I'm sorry, the Knicks were able to, to take game one in Cleveland, which it just feels like we had a lot of road wins uh, for some reason in the NBA. We had... Yeah, we had three we had three road wins in game ones this weekend. So my bad, four road wins. So half and half. Knicks were the first one to to get a road W in the postseason. Again, I still got Cavs and six. Um this feels a little bit like that Phoenix and uh Clipper series, a little bit of a tug of war, a little bit of the back and forth. But like I said. At the All Star break, Jalen Brunson not being All Star was a was a crime. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. the The job that he has done, the, the Knicks have, for years have been just begging and trying to find that pure point guard, and they've got it. They've absolutely got it. And the Mavericks really, really screwed up in letting this guy go. You talk about a guy who's used to playing big games, getting one championship at Villanova. I think it was just one championship. Might have been two. Matter of fact, I think it was too for some reason. At, at Villanova, he's a big uh, he's a, he's a big East guy. He understands the moment. Coached by Jay Wright, he's one of the smartest players in the NBA. He gets guys in and out of sets. He can get his own shot. He's he's got that great like kind of step back mid range jump shot that's really hard to defend. Gets to the rim well. He was big. And by the way, give credit as well. Um. Listen, Julius Randle didn't have a great shooting night, seven for twenty, but he gave you nineteen and ten and gave you good defense. Okay, some of the Cavs' bigs really never got going. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was really all she wrote uh, for the Cavs. Now, Darius Garland, decent shooting night, but played 43 minutes, uh, only gave you 17 points. Donovan Mitchell was just about all the Cavs can muster offensively at a consistent level. I anticipate that he'll he'll be the guy throughout that, that, that gets most of their buckets. I still think Cleveland wins this series, but Knicks absolutely put a scare in him, no question about it. I mean, Mitchell's the best player in the series. But I don't think there's any question who's number two, and I don't think it's by that much. I don't think the gap between best player in the series, Donovan, and second best player in the series, Brunson, is all that big. So if it's tight, if it's late-game situations, it's not that I don't trust Donovan, it's that I do trust Brunson. All I mean, he finished in the top three for the new award they're giving out this year, and I love this award, by the way, Clutch Player of the Year, which I think should go to De'Aaron Fox. But there's a good chance Brunson's going to finish second for that award, and rightfully so. He's been the best player in the Knicks all season long. Again, Julius Randle's had an excellent, excellent year. Brun the Knicks are not in this position without Jalen Brunson. I think if you remove Julius Randle from the Knicks, they still make the playoffs. If you remove Jalen Brunson from the Knicks, they are probably a play-in team, at best. I mean, we saw last year the Knicks were a complete disaster. We saw in the playoffs two years ago, dismantled by Atlanta. That is a different Atlanta team that is now, but they could have sure used a pure point guard just to slow the pace down, get them in and out of sets, 
to be able to get his own shot, take the load off of Julius Randle. Again, we, we talk about role players are usually better at home, almost always better at home than on the, on the road. Josh Hart, another Villanova guy. Okay, Nova Nation, stand up. Gave you 17 points off the bench. Obi Toppin, nine points off the bench. So you got the production from those guys. Uh, Hartenstein gave you eight, so there you go. I mean, Emmanuel Quickly, who everybody's saying sixth man of the year, I think it should be Malcolm Brogdon. He was terrible. He's 0 for 5. So, but the other guy stepped up for the Knicks. It was a big, big, big time win for, for New York. Game two in that series is on Tuesday in Cleveland. Cavs right now are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I think they'll win. I think it'll be another close game. I think the Cavs win game two. And like I said, just like Clipper Suns, a little bit of a tug of, a tug of war. Uh, I've got the Knicks winning in six. And I anticipate once this series goes gets to Madison Square Garden, listen, that's MSG is where all the big stars come out to play. I anticipate Donovan Mitchell will embrace the moment, take advantage, and, and, and be the best player on the floor once the series does get to the Garden. I'm sure we'll have some Spike Lee doing what he does, you know, trying to get in the Cavs' head. You'll have some Tracy Morgan. See, I don't hate you, Cleveland. It's not like it's not a personal thing. I just don't care for you that much. But I give your teams credit when they deserve credit. And, you know, at least for this series. Get off my back, Cleveland. Come on. Jeez. All right. A little bit of a shorter show today. Like I said, recording this, it's almost uh, 9 a.m. Eastern now. Pre-recorded show. So if there were comments, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Not able to answer, obviously, because I'm not live. But uh, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time on Twitter, as well as the Grids YouTube channel and the Carving It Up YouTube channel. Should be live that night. I don't anticipate anything will get in the way of that. Uh, and be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button. Helps the channel grow exponentially. And be sure to go subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D. The Grid Podcast Network. On YouTube, which is where you can find my show. It's where you can listen to my show. Anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, anywhere and everywhere that you listen and get your podcasts. Also check out our other incredible content creators, Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast. I know he was very excited about the Lakers win over the Grizzlies yesterday. You've got uh, another Lakers fan who's got a Lakers podcast, Patrick Brown, the Forum Podcast, the Chaotic Sports Podcast. Uh, hit the wall there, my bad. Um, we've got Ryan Flowers, Clutch Sports Talk. Just had him on the show on this past Thursday. Great, great stuff. Be sure to go check his stuff out, particularly around the NFL draft. He's our NFL guy, NFL aficionado. The Cowboys Cam Fan Podcast. Anth, Adam, Alex out in Canada do an unbelievable job uh, with the Cam Fan Show. Uh, who else we got? Parnell of the Commander's Demand Podcast. Alfred Parsar Jr. of the Rocky Fuel Jets Podcast. And the Metropolitan Report, which... I still stand. I'm, I'm going to stand on it. Best baseball podcast out there. If you're a baseball fan, if you're a Mets fan, please go check out Alfred's stuff. Uh, and again, last thing before we get out, again, I announced it on Thursday, but want to go and start uh, putting the word out there today. Be sure to tune in next Thursday, not this Thursday, not three days from now, next Thursday for the Grid 2023 NFL Draft Live Reaction Show starting at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific time uh, on the Grids YouTube channel. I don't think it'll be on my YouTube channel. It might be, though. Might might try to get some, some streaming, uh, streaming opportunities and other channels, but it will be here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel, the Grid 2023 NFL Draft Live Reaction Show. I'll be there. Uh, Ryan will be there. Barry will be there. Uh, who else? Uh, Parnell will be there. 
Alfred. So we're, we're, we're getting just about everybody uh, from the grid to be a part of this uh, live reaction show. Looking forward to it. Please be sure to stop by, tune in, hear our reaction, hear our breakdowns of the NFL draft, uh, especially, like I said, Ryan Flowers, who has been, man, dude is putting the work in in terms of watching the tape and seeing what what, what these draft prospects are all about. Uh, he will be, he'll kind of be our, our Mel Kuyper, our, you know, Daniel Jeremiah. He'll, he'll, he'll be that for, for us on that particular evening. Very, 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 very excited uh, for it. Looking forward to to seeing these 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 kids' lives change forever. So the Grid 2023 NFL Draft for Live Reaction Show next Thursday, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific Time, right here on the Grid Network. Do not miss it. You will not regret it. Again, I've done the last two NBA drafts. Hope to do it again this summer with Mike Guido and with Barry Grant Jr. Absolute blast. I anticipate it'll be more of the same uh, with the NFL draft live reaction show have a great week everybody please continue to stay safe out there out there please be sure to take care of your physical as well as your mental health please call your local state uh senators house of representatives to demand change for gun violence in this country it's got to happen this problem has got to be fixed let's do something about it. let's do our part and certainly go to the go to the polls and vote whenever you get the chance and put the people in power who claim that they will Put an end to this problem. God bless you all. Peace out. Playoffs, baby. Let's go. I'm ready. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.